0: this podcast is brought to you by podcast nation this is behind the Rose where Bachelor Nation meets country music and everything in between here's your host Blake
1: Horseman alrighty thanks for joining us for another episode of behind the Rose I'm your host Blake Horseman Joined as usual by my buddy Eric Bradley What up? And today, we have the incredibly talented Lindsay L. How you doing, Lindsay?
0: Hey, guys. I'm so good. How are you, both of you? It's so it's so wonderful to meet you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I was just going to say, we've never met, but you know Caitlin Bristow. Uh, she's a close friend of both of us, so um, you, you're kind I of an imagination, you know? Yeah.
0: I, I do feel connected. I mean, Caitlin is my fellow Canuck, and she is just my good girlfriend, and we are, like, rooting for her on Dancing with the Stars right now. She's crushing it, and she so... Is. I'm glad we have a mutual friend who's just so, so wonderful.
1: Yeah, I would say, yeah, uh, I've been watching Dance with the Stars a lot. And you guys, you guys actually like hung out quite a few times, like, you know, before, like, well, obviously COVID hit and everything. But like, you guys have been friends for a little while now, haven't you? Because you're both, yeah, both from Canada.
0: Yeah, we're both from Canada. Um, Yeah, we've had like a bunch of girls nights and we were sort of Oh,
1: yeah, that's right.
0: Sending her off well to LA before she had to go out there early to quarantine for the show. And so we've been having watch parties and no, just cheering awesome. on our girls. So um, I'm so proud of her. She is crushing that thing. She's just a natural dancer. Like it's, I always say if I were to go on that show, I'd be so awkward. <laughs> but, but Caitlin is just, she has like the perfect body for it. So she was meant to be on Dancing with the Stars.
2: She does. We, we, we
1: watch watched it. We were watching it. We, I love how happy she looks. She just looks so I happy know. out there dancing around. Like her
2: smile. and
0: so happy. She is it's
2: totally awesome. living her dream out right now. She really, really is, and performing through the an ankle injury. So
0: I know, yeah, right? Incredible!
2: Yeah, what an athlete!
0: What an athlete! <laughs> what a badass! What an athlete! I know.
1: It's so cool. Not many people get to live out their dreams, you know, like Caitlin does. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you, I mean, has, has it always been your dream to be, you know, like a musician playing on stage and everything like that, singing song your own songs, songwriter and everything?
0: Yeah. Ever since I was a little girl, I um, I started playing guitar when I was eight. I started playing piano when I was six. I started playing shows when I was 10. So I've just been touring ever since I was tiny. And the stage is like my home. It's the place where I feel most me. And, um, it's, it's definitely been my dream to be able to tour around the world playing for thousands of people every night. And obviously this year, 2020 has been like, a 180 degree flip from anything that any of us expected, but, um. But yeah, the past few years have been pretty crazy to be able to truly live out that dream. You know, one of our last shows was in Berlin, and um, we were on the plane home. And then uh, I was—I had my last like band tracking session for my album that just came out. And um, before the world lockdown, it was just like definitely a perspective shift, and mm-hmm. um, and yet has made me so so grateful. And I think that. Coming out of 2020, we are going to be um, much more, uh, I guess we're just going to have a, a deeper level of gratitude to everything Absolutely. in our lives, for our jobs, for people in our lives. But um, but yeah, I get to wake up every morning and say I'm living my dream, which is very, very cool.
1: That's got to be an incredible feeling. And we've had a couple musicians on and they've also talked about playing in Germany. Is that like, a, like is country music huge over in Germany? Because like, you're like the third guest we've had that has played over there.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of weird because from a live perspective, we play. I mean, we play country music, but we're also like sort of a rock, pop, blues, mm-hmm, yeah. a little bit of everything band, and um, and yeah, the the wonderful part about playing in Europe is they have such a deep appreciation for musicianship and, Mm -hmm. and just like the, the songwriting on a record. And so even our shows we've played in the UK, like they'll, they'll know the singles, but then they'll know all of the deep cuts. So you'll go there and your fans listen to your whole record before you, before you even play your show, and so you walk on stage and they're singing along to every single song because they're just such dedicated fans. And like radio specifically in the UK is not really single driven to how it is over here as much. It's a lot more um, artist and project driven. So when they discover an artist, they really dive deep into your whole catalog. And as an artist, I mean, it makes such a difference on stage. I remember the first little club show I sold out in London it was like this tiny little sweaty club, and yeah. um, and I walked out on stage, and the audience was singing my first song so loud that I stepped away from the mic, and I didn't need to sing a word. And I was like, "Who are you, people? Where did you come from? Can I bring you back to the states with me?" Because because y'all are so amazing. And so yeah, touring um, over in Europe and and in Germany, you know, we've we've gotten to tour a lot in Germany over the past few years. We um. We opened up for this, like, German pop star last fall. His name was Ben Zucker. And we were, our last show of the tour, we were playing Mercedes-Benz Arena in front of 20,000 people in Berlin. And we were on one of those stages that was, like, in the middle of the arena. And so there was just a sea of people around us. And um, by that, that was our last part of the tour. So we, like, knew what worked, knew what didn't work. Because anytime you're playing in in a country who that you know english isn't their first language you kind of right. got to figure out what works what doesn't work um people are just so amazing because they like i said they they listen to your music but even just like cover songs in our set and so we were playing um seven nation army because yep. that's what a lot of like the the football teams use like in between games or whatever mm. But it was one of those pinch me moments. Sorry, I'm going off on all of these side. No, trackers, this just fantastic. But, I had
1: no idea about Europe like this.
2: Yeah.
0: But um, but we we sang Seven Nation Army in our set, and the minute you go, oh 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 oh, mm. the whole crowd <laughs> loses their mind. And so we're we're in the middle of Mercedes Benz Arena in Berlin. And 20,000 people are screaming at the top of their lungs. Oh, 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 oh. And me and my band are standing in this stage in the middle of 20,000 people singing this song. And we all were like, what is happening right now? This is so amazing. <laughs> so touring in Germany has just been such a wonderful gift. And it's been amazing meeting the fans over there. They just care so much. They're dedicated so much. Once they become invested in you, they're like fans for life which is just so cool and something that I um, really, really appreciate. And so, yeah, yeah I love touring internationally um, and and every country is just so different. You know, we, yeah. we did a lot of uh, touring in Australia, New Zealand and Japan as well last year. And so it's it's been really interesting to sort of learn what every country appreciates.
1: I wish America was more, you know, like album driven, if you will, rather than just like singles and all that because I, I think we don't have the appreciation that we should for a lot of musicians, you know, out there. So yeah,
0: yeah. and you you will see it in pot in in parts, you know, in mm-hmm. in different um, sectors. But it's it's definitely a different experience when you start to tour a little bit internationally, just to see how different the landscapes are. And then you know you'll have diehard fans. Like every artist has those diehard fans that you know will go deep and are in the long haul for you. But but hey, if I have a fan who's wanting to buy a ticket, whether they want to see one song or 20 songs, I will gladly accept them and sing my heart out to them. That is one. a
1: <laughs> very good point. Actually, yeah, I'm not going to, yeah, you're not going to complain. Yeah, so yeah, you, yeah. you you talked about how your band is, is rock and bluesy and all that. So what would mm-hmm. be your inspiration Um, Like growing up, what was your inspiration to make the music you make?
0: Well, I grew up playing guitar, going to bluegrass camps with my dad. I was like this tiny little blonde girl following my dad and all of his friends around. And that's how I really learned how to play at an early age. But when I was 13 i started working with this guy named randy bachman so he was in bto guess who like taking care of business american women all those classic yeah. rock songs randy wrote yeah. and so when i was 13 randy became like another dad to me he really taught me how to write wow. a song and how to record in a pre- professional recording studio and introduced me to gibson guitars way back in the day and and he would just sit in the studio playing all of these like crazy jazz chords up and down the neck and as a young budding little guitar player I'd just sit there and be like randy What are those? What are you playing? Like, what is that? Because he learned to play from Lenny Bro, this like incredible jazz guitarist. And so Randy really opened up my mind at that part of my life to jazz and blues and rock guitar. And I listened to Stevie Ray Vaughn and Eric Clapton and Jimi Hendrix, and I did not not go back. Like, in my teens, that's all I listened to. And when I was 18, I went on tour with a guy by the name of Buddy Guy who's like this huge blues pioneer guitarist. And so really my whole teens was like this other exploration of every other kind of genre of music other than country. And I went down to LA to write for about six months when I was about 20. And somebody was like, you know, you should check out Nashville. I think you'd really like it there. And, um, and so I came to Nashville and, you know, it took me a a couple years to figure out visas and all that stuff. But, um, But ever since I met the songwriting community here in Nashville, it kind of brought me back to my country roots where I started out. And now I just have all of these different influences to pull from. And so, like my last album, there's parts of it that aren't country at all and parts Mm -hmm. of the writing that are completely country. But sonically, I'm just inspired by so much like Motown and groove and soul and country. Like the album is almost like if Sheryl Crow and John Mayer and Keith Urban were put in a blender that's what the album would sound like. And arguably so. I mean, if you were to listen to Sheryl Crow's Tuesday night music club or John Mayer's, you know, first few albums and pick a, uh, a a genre or a sector to put them in a lot of those songs would be played on country radio right now Mm -hmm. because country as a format is so wide and is so vast in a beautiful way. It's like inviting new listeners into the format just because they're really wanting to be, inclusive of so many different things so country music like the definition of country music has grown so much because i think all of these artists coming into the format with so many different influences so i'm truly grateful for that as well because it just lets me be me mm-hmm. and still be fully country
1: yeah Now completely country music has changed so much even in the past like five to 10 years i feel like it's changed yeah. so much and it's it's been welcoming to all kinds of different music um but i love how casually you just talked about like the people you like like you're like a prodigy like you were hanging out with like guitar gods growing up and stuff like that's crazy and a lot of i mean i'm sure people if they listen to your you know album and everything and they they know who you are you're a badass guitar player like one of like of the best out there right now and that's so cool because i mean not many people can say that in country music
0: thank you i mean i am a huge guitar nerd i will fess up to that um but i just always you know i look up to artists like john mayer or keith urban or you know even the tom petty or you just look at artists and it's like the way they do all of the elements of what they do make this like truly unique package like i didn't even know keith or john played guitar as well as they did until i fell in love with like a few songs of theirs you know of those mm-hmm. first few couple records and then i saw them live and i was like oh wait a minute this is a whole other ball game we're playing here and um and so i've just always looked up to artists like that and i think it's why i've been so inspired by a career path like that. You know, it's the way they sing their songs, it's the way they write their songs, it's the way they play guitar. And all of those things when they come together make a truly unique artistic package that no other show is gonna look like a John Mayer show. No other mm-hmm. show is gonna look like a Keith Urban show. And that's the kind of show I want to mm-hmm. I wanna put together so that fans know when they come to see uh, us play, it's going to be a truly unique experience.
1: Yeah, no, I can't wait to see you play at some point. Hopefully, at some point I'll see wait you play. For that either. Soon, I, I know, right? One of these
0: yeah. fine days.
1: Yeah, because I remember the first Keith Urban show I ever saw was here in Denver, and I left that being like, that man can like shred on guitar. Like I remember leaving, I had I no idea. Yeah,
0: I, like, I know wow, he's so bad.
1: ridiculous. Let's talk a little bit about your your Heart Theory album. Um, this is. And I want to make sure I'm using the right word. It's a concept album. Is that is that the right word? Yeah. And Very I didn't good. know this was yeah. really Yeah. I didn't know this was really a thing until the last like few years where I've started to realize there's actually quite a few concept albums out there by by a lot of artists, which is pretty cool. So yeah, how, how did you what is heart theory to you, I guess?
0: So I was about halfway through writing the record when I when I finally realized I'm writing these songs in the process of what I'm experiencing right now in life. And how cool would it be to write an album of this process of what I'm going through? I think we all go through moments of transformation in our lives for various things, whether it's getting out of a breakup, losing a job, losing a loved one, going through a global pandemic. I mean, we just constantly go through these moments in our lives. And as human beings, we have to process all of these feelings one by one by one in order to truly learn from it and grow from it and move on from it in the right way. And so um, I was looking at like the songs I was turning into my publishing company. And it was like song, title, date, song, title, date, song, title, date, song, title, date. And you could see me like slowly going through this transformation. And so I was like, okay, I'm a huge nerd about a lot of things in life. I'm a huge nerd about guitar. I'm a huge nerd about nerd about like all things Brene Brown. And there are these things called the seven stages of grief. And I was like, how cool would it be to write a concept album around the seven stages of grief? And the seven stages of grief is just one way of articulating that process. There's so many ways of articulating that process. But I'm like, I would love to write a record where from track one, it starts in stage one of shock. And that it goes through the process in order shock, denial, anger, all the way to the last stage of acceptance, being able to look at yourself in the mirror, accept yourself for everything that you are, everything that's happened to you in your life up until this point and be grateful for it because it's made you into the human being that we wake up and, and show up as every day. And so that's what I decided to do. And, wow. um, And even after I had decided that I was making a concept album, it's not like I showed up to a write and was like, all right, guys, today we need to write a song about denial. Like I was just literally writing what I was feeling and going through. And that's why this album is so important to me. And it's so personal because it's truly like my musical diary. I always say that if theory is the science of music, then heart theory is the science of my heart and is the science of like this process I've been through over the past couple of years.
1: Wow, I love that. Yeah, I'm a huge Renee Brown fan too. Um she uh she's helped me through some dark times to say the least. So I meant that. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah, she's great. Hey guys, real quick, I wanna to talk to you about Care Of vitamins and supplements. I've been taking these vitamins lately and I don't know about you guys, but when I go to the store, you walk down an aisle and there are different vitamins and supplements and all kinds of things and it can be really confusing. So the cool thing about Care Of is it's hassle-free vitamins and supplements delivered straight to you. So your recommendations come in daily, individually wrapped packets that are perfect for getting back into a routine. You go online, you take a five-minute quiz, It asks you questions about your diet, lifestyle, and health concerns to help address your specific wellness goals. So for me, when I went online and did this quiz, basically it said that I don't take enough dairy, so I have to take some calcium plus vitamins. I don't get enough fruit in my diet, so I have to take some B-complex vitamins. And then also it says for me the best kind of protein would be the plant-based protein. So I would get the plant-based protein in the mail as well as my B-complex and calcium vitamins, all Individually wrapped for me each day. Care of products are formulated with good for you, clean ingredients that are backed by science. Care of is super transparent about the research and sourcing behind every one of their products with extensive info available on their websites and fun, informative content on their social pages. So if you want to get some Care of vitamins delivered straight to you for 50% off your first Care of order, go to takecareof.com and enter code BlakeH50. That's 50% off with code BLAKEH50. Go get you some care of vitamins and supplements now.
0: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting.
2: Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price Priceline.
1: All right, now back to the pod. I love that you use music as an outlet. I mean, a lot of people do, but I feel like you have a special way of like using music as like a healing tool almost. And you writing songs as a healing tool. And I'm sure you writing those songs allows others to heal. And recently you spoke, about uh, your sexual abuse um, growing up and I'm sure that you opening up with that was a way for other people to heal as well because you know obviously a lot of people unfortunately have been through that and so you opening opening up about that helped I'm sure a lot of other people so what I guess it's an incredibly strong thing to do to open up about something like that what kind of drove you to do that
0: thank you so much for saying that yeah I um I decided to write a song called make you about my story as a little girl. And it's the first time that I've ever talked about this. I never wanted me coming out with my story to be a publicity statement. I wanted it to be able to help people heal. And I wanted to have meaning behind it. And so um, I just never felt like it was the right time. Up until about three years ago, I went to this place called Youth for Tomorrow. And they're an organization in the States that deal with kids who are age 12 to 18 who have either gotten into the wrong situations growing up or have been victims of sex trafficking and rape. And I went there three years ago to help them launch their music program and not thinking I was going to speak a word of my own story. And I ended up sitting down at this conference table with 12 other little girls and, um, and I sat down and told them every single piece of my story and heard all of their stories going around the room. And it was like, as I talked more, they wanted to share more. And it was just such a beautiful day. And yet you'd hear the most horrific things. There's this 12 year old girl sitting beside me. And she was like, Lindsay, my parents sold me to a sex trafficking company when I was younger. Wow. And she is 12, like she's 12 years old and had so much light in her eyes and in her heart. And I left that campus that day knowing that if I didn't talk about this part of my story, that I was holding back because I truly do a- agree that this happens far more in our society than we want to admit. I feel that ignorance is bliss and is rewarded more than standing up for what we believe in mm-hmm. in society a lot of times. And so it was, um, it was a decision I made to finally write a song about this because again, I feel that music is just so healing and is the universal force to bring us together and um, wanted to launch my own foundation around the song. And so it's been hugely powerful and hugely impactful and validating even to me, you know, to be able to take the the hand of my 13-year-old girl self and the 21-year-old girl self in me and be like, it's okay, guys, I got you. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you don't have to fight this alone anymore. I'm validating your story through being able to talk about it. And in doing so, and in launching a foundation, it's called the Make You Movement. Um, We're focusing on disenfranchised youth, specifically survivors of sexual violence and domestic abuse. And my main goal is to just help other survivors feel like they're not alone. Because I know as a 13-year-old girl, I would have healed so much faster if I would have had somebody to take my hand Mm -hmm. and be like, It's okay. It's okay. You didn't do anything wrong. And wow. so it's been my main focus to really use this song and use my foundation and, you know, Heart Theory is only the beginning to this. I feel like I'm finally, like I've stepped into that world of, of vulnerability and that new plane of vulnerability and I'm, I'm ready to um, talk about a lot of things that I probably wouldn't have a few years ago. Yeah. And in doing so, um, I really hope that I can make a big difference to a lot of people.
1: That's and in, that's incredible. I got goosebumps while you were talking, because <laughs> um, it's it's not an easy thing to be vulnerable and open in today's society. It's really not. No. Um, so kudos to you, big fan. Because yeah, it's uh, it takes a lot of strength and it's really brave. Unfortunately, it seems like a lot. We're ignorant as a society to a lot of things, and I think child sex trafficking and sexual abuse is probably one of the biggest things that we're ignorant to. And I know that like the moment you're broken, that rock bottom everybody can relate to that you're the most relatable when you're broken and you're at rock bottom because everybody has been there everybody's been broken everybody's hit rock bottom before it's just a different kind of rock bottom for everybody they've hit a rock bottom and so it makes you more relatable than you've ever been before and i'm sure so many people can kind of relate to your story uh and and what you're doing now so yeah that's that's pretty amazing so where can they you know people listening where can they find the make you movement to help out
0: if they go to my website, um, I have all the links on there or, you know, my Instagram page. Um, they can click on the Make You Movement. And we have a bunch of resources as well as, you know, uh, donation links if people feel inclined. And um, yeah. I'm donating every dollar that I make up the song Make You to the Make You Movement. And we're partnering with Rain, which is the lar- mm-hmm. largest um, rape and incest um, anti-violence organization in the country, and so they just do so many incredible things. And so, as well as partnering with Rain and Youth for Tomorrow, um, you know, there's there's a lot coming down the pike.
1: That's fantastic. So yeah, go listen to, to make you make you so many times over and over and over. Make some money. <laughs> that's it.
0: Yeah. right.
1: Exactly. Yes. Put it on repeat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Put it on repeat. I'm going to do today. <laughs> um, You're
0: so
2: sweet. That's
1: great. So uh, yeah, changing changing subjects here a little. So I am a big advocate for mental health. You know, I've I've been had my mental health struggles, um, living in the public eye and like you know doing the bachelor shows. Those, those shows fuck you up pretty good. Um, and so oh, yeah. I always I always yeah. like to ask artists because life on the road is hard. Like life on the road is incredibly difficult. Um, you're away from family, oftentimes friends. So when you're on the road, how how do you deal with the pressure and the stresses and everything of life on the road?
0: Yeah, I mean, Blake, you've definitely lived in um, a whole different lens that a lot of people can't ever relate to, and mm-hmm. you know, being in the public eye, choosing to put your life constantly in social media is a choice. It's a choice, and I made a decision early on in my career that I was just going to be as transparent as I could be, and with that comes a whole responsibility, as you know, what kind of message you're parlaying, as well as. Um, you know, an onus. I mean, if, if I choose to share my life with fans, then there's there's a level of vulnerability and honesty that they honestly expect from me. And so um, it's, it's a balance, you know, it's definitely a balance, mm-hmm. but I also just get so much, um, so much inspiration from fans being able to, you know, see DMs and, and get messages from them being like, thank you for writing this music. Thank you for being so honest. You're helping this through the time of my life. And so getting messages like that are, are so inspiring and encouraging to just, okay, you're doing the right thing. You're staying yes. the path. Just continue yes. on. Um, but really taking care of yourself, you know, focusing on those little things of, of self love, I think are so important. I mean, Last year, we played 230 shows. We were on the road 280 days. And I think I just got in this cycle. I was moving so fast that I didn't even really take time to understand what was happening or appreciate anything. I was just moving so fast it was like Mm -hmm. okay wake up interviews emails meet and greet go do sound check another meet and greet go to a show sign after the show fall asleep at 1 a.m wake (laughs) up at 3 a.m go to the airport go do it all over again and it was just like that in turn key 200 plus times and it was just by the end of last year I was I was numb to so many things including myself Yep, and so um on the road, it's so important to like, just do those little things for yourself, whether it's, you know, taking a candle with you, whether it's journaling, whether it's meditating, whether it's working out, doing yoga, you gotta figure out what are the things that fuels you. But I think that reserving that space for yourself and not negating those little pieces of a routine that are so important um, can really make the difference to, you know, living a a crazy chaotic life. Even if your schedule's really crazy or you're a mom or a dad, it's just like reserving those little spaces that you, that you make sacred to you, you know, and, and they can, they can be, they don't have to be, you know, hour long things. They can be if you want, but they can even be, you know, a 10 or 15 minute thing daily that, that changes the course of where you're navigating your life to, you know, and and I just, I so believe in that now over the past eight months of this year, I have totally flipped my life around because of it and have realized and recognized those parts of me that, um, that I think are going to change a lot of things in the future.
1: Yeah, no, that's, and I I completely agree about like occasionally i'll get a dm here or there you know that that, that you know say say thank you for talking and being open about mental health and that one dm will get me through you know so many hard times because like like you said it's like okay i'm doing something right like i'm i'm in the right spot in my life and oh, that's right. a that's a special thing and like you're right the pl- a platform that we've been given is it's a responsibility in a lot of ways and um, yeah you're obviously doing right by your your platform and everything. I could definitely do better here and there, but you're doing right
2: for sure. Hey, like um, we
0: can all do better here and there and yeah. we're all fighting the same fight and battle every day. So mm. you're doing awesome. Just keep keep it up. <laughs> yeah.
1: I wasn't fishing <laughs> for a compliment, but I'll take it. I'll take
0: it. <laughs> hey, I'm just giving you one.
1: <laughs> so what are you doing in quarantine right now? Because you, you've been doing a like a live show, right? On Instagram. What is that called again?
0: Yeah, it's called Living Well. Um, Living well yeah. I started at the beginning of... of Lockdown just because I thought one I was going to go crazy not touring and I was like I need I need something to invest my mind into and at the same time I was finishing my record you know we finished recording the album in quarantine I was going to ask that, um, yeah
2: and you actually did that over FaceTime right
0: yeah my producer That's Dan crazy. and I Demoff is one of the best guitar players in the world he's played on Madonna records and Michael Jackson records and oh, wow. <laughs> um I was so nervous to go into my first guitar session with him because I was like here's a man who's played on some of the biggest records in the world. And who am I to walk in the studio and just pick up a guitar and be like, all right, let's go, let's go do this thing. <laughs> so I was so nervous. I was shaking going into my first session with him. And yet he's so down to earth and such a wonderful human being. I walked out of that studio completely in a different spot. And I was like, we're going to make the best record ever. Jennifer, <laughs> amazing, And he's just so um, empowering and uplifting. I always say like, A football coach to a football team is like Dan Huff to me playing guitar. He became my guitar coach and has helped work through this album with me. And in doing so, I've become a better singer, a better guitar player, a fully better artist just through working with Dan and being around his brilliance. And so um, at the beginning of lockdown, we still had a bunch of vocals and guitar parts to record. And I was like, how am I going to do this without my guitar coach? I mean, I, I need, I yeah. need him to sit there and listen to me and instruct me. And so, um, yeah, we, we, I have a little studio set up in my house. And so I, I recorded vocals would send stuff at him. He'd work his magic, send them back. And so that's how we kind of finished vocals. And then for guitar, we got on FaceTime and I would put Dan right here and I would play guitar and he would be like, okay, Linz, that's great. Now put, maybe try something different at the end of that soul. And so we got it done in quarantine, yeah. which is just crazy. And this Heart Theory is truly a quarantine album. But um, but yeah, in doing so, I was finishing the record and then, you know, starting to put the album package and doing press for the record. I was continuing to do Living Well. Living Well was just a weekly Instagram, YouTube talk show mm-hmm. that I, I started. I've taken a break for a few weeks as I have just moved and life has been a little chaotic. Um, but But yeah, quarantine has actually been quite busy. I finished an album, (laughs) launched a foundation. I moved. I have this talk show that I'm going to be bringing back. Um, (laughs) I feel so
1: lazy, like you.
0: (laughs) No, 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 no. it's just busy. And the one thing I'm excited about living well is it's it's really given me a whole new appreciation for interviewing people. So I have a whole new appreciation for what you guys do, Blake and Eric. And um, it also has helped me shed light on on causes and organizations and and specific people that I really care about. And as an artist, I feel like we have a responsibility and as an artist or anybody with a platform in the entertainment industry, I feel like we have a responsibility to really talk about things that matter. And mm-hmm. you know, like everything that the make you movement stands for and you know, everything we've been through in our world in the past few months with Black Lives Matter and mm-hmm. COVID and all of these things, I, I've I've really started to become much more of an advocate in everything that I'm, I'm wanting to talk about in my social media. And I really, my deep love and my vision for living well is to grow it into that space, to have it be, you know, just an area that I can talk about things that are, are, are really important to me and heavy on my heart and, um, and give incredible humans an ability to, to speak their mind.
1: We always like to ask musicians kind of what they want their legacy. be by the end of all this 10 15 20 years from now what do you want your legacy to be when people look back at lindsay
0: you know i feel so grateful that i can wake up and um do what i love and call it a job i will never take that for granted and being able to to do this for a living still feels surreal sometimes Mm. and yet it feels like everything i focused on and envisioned of and 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 wanted ever since as a little girl, but doing that, doing so, I mean, it is incredible to stand on a stage in front of thousands of people and and sing songs, but I have gotten into this industry and I do this because I want to be able to inspire people. I want to be able to let people come to a show and leave a little bit better than when they came, a little bit happier, a little bit more inspired to dig deeper into their own life, to find that sense of self-love that we neglect so, so much and so often. Um, I think that in inspiring each other to love ourselves to a deeper level will help us love the world and love each other to a deeper level. And so my legacy would be that, to help the world remember that they need to love them themselves so mm-hmm. that we can love each other to a deeper level because we need a lot of that right now.
1: Amen. Yeah. That's honestly, music is like we talked about earlier. It's so healing and it can heal in so many different ways and gosh, Every time I interview a musician, I wish I was a musician. I'm like, God, why didn't why didn't I get the piano lessons when I was like eight years old? You know, Wait, it's never too
0: late. You, I mean, in quarantine right now, we, everybody has a lot of extra time. You could learn You're piano. Right. Just saying.
2: Just you have a guitar on your wall there Pull you it out. Go. that's that just for show okay it's just decoration it's just for, decoration. It's just for, <laughs>
0: for show until it's not for show anymore
2: <laughs> oh you're right next
1: new one now. when i officially meet you lindsay i'm gonna i'm gonna whip out the guitar, whip out the <laughs> guitar
0: perfect i yeah. expect to hear at least one full song <laughs> <laughs> there's
2: a lot of pressure your song I'm gonna, the same as caitlin's wonderwall
0: yeah, wonder
2: wall is great it's like it's <laughs> is that,
0: three chords it's, yeah. it's so easy i have faith in you blake you can do this <laughs>
2: um so have you you've you've been to denver you've played the grizzly rose is that correct
0: i have played the grizzly yeah. rose that
2: was yeah. a that was a while ago it was like 2014 i, I know oh gosh. my gosh that long
0: been a long time. that's crazy it's such <laughs> wow. a special room i mean um denver as as a city just reminds me so much of my hometown i was born and raised in calgary and anytime i come to denver it reminds me of home so much because you you can see the rocky mountains from your kitchen window you know you guys know what chinooks are like we just have grown up with so many of the same things so anytime we play in denver i just always feel you know this like deep feeling of nostalgia i love denver so much and we cannot wait to come back
1: that's awesome yeah hopefully hopefully here soon Rose rose's kind of slowly gonna i think have some some Are performers they really? yeah
2: but i don't think they're gonna be i think it's gonna be like more like house bands you know i don't think they're like flying anybody yeah. in after yeah, have your, have your booking agency reach out to them
0: yeah. okay i will be they, so might.
2: they might yeah they
0: i will inquire gentlemen
2: yeah they've been I mean, they, they do they do have live music going on mm-hmm. right now
1: yeah so it's it's been fun we've been a couple times so it's definitely different obviously but yeah uh, definitely but different so
0: masks social distancing yeah, yeah.
1: That's great, Lindsay. I love what you're doing. And I think a lot of people obviously are are very thankful what you do. And, um, yeah. Where can people find you if they want to like on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, obviously,
0: YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. I mean, it's, um, pretty much every, every, where you look, I'm on Instagram, probably the most. (laughs) It's just Lindsay with an A and then E L L. Um, you know, Facebook, I'm trying to learn TikTok. It's uh, all of the things, (laughs) but. But Instagram is probably where you'll have the most success. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Everybody
1: go check her out on Instagram. And we talked about um, your foundation earlier, but we'll put maybe put something in the details too of our of the podcast so they know about that, a link and everything. Sure. So yeah, it can help out and everything. That so, would be
0: so amazing. I would appreciate yeah. you guys so much.
1: Absolutely. Well, thanks for coming on, Lindsay. Appreciate it. That was that yeah, was fantastic. Thank you for your time. Yeah. Thank for your time. you so
0: much for having me, you guys. I cannot wait to get back to Denver yes. for, to get back to the Grizzly Rose. I cannot wait to hear you play Wonder Wall Blake. It's <laughs> just just it's
2: I'm gonna epic. go
1: practice guitar right now. So. Perfect.
0: Perfect.
1: <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thanks again, Lindsay. Appreciate it.
0: Awesome. Thank right. you guys.
1: Yeah. Bye bye. Thanks for listening, everyone. Be sure to follow our Instagram at Behind the Rose Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, comment, like, and give us all five of those damn stars. Behind the Rose is recorded on site at the world famous Grizzly Rose or wherever we happen to be. See you next time, Behind the Rose.